here we are, 30 years down the line, finally able to let out a little peep of what we weren't satisfied with or what really went on. Or right. sometimes we just swallow it whole yeah. and we never let it out. Like me, I don't care to talk about any bad dealings, but I do want to tell people that you do have to, as soon as you know something, say something yeah. and be careful about the business. I knew nothing really about it when I got in it. The great thing was, like you said, I was myself. So I would ask questions. I would show up. I remember one time my lawyer went and got a check from the company without my permission. And I went over there and gangsted that check right back. This is Nas. You're now listening to The Bridge, 50 Years of Hip Hop. Hey everyone, this is your co-host Minya O, AKA Miss Info. Every few years, we have the same debate about women in hip-hop. Are we finally getting the respect we deserve? Do we have gender parity, pay parity? But from the first day that she came on the scene, Yo-Yo was standing her ground. She came through to talk to Nas and I about her storied career, about how motherhood has definitely changed for rappers, and that moment that actually pushed her away from hip-hop. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, Restrictions all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Back in the early 90s, Ice Cube was at the forefront of hip-hop, dropping classic albums and causing controversy. Out of nowhere, there appeared a young woman rapper who stood right next to Cube. Her name was Yo-Yo, and she had what it took to hang with the MC, many considered to be the best at the moment. Yo-Yo made it clear that she knew her worth and demanded respect. Not only that, she was invested in establishing the Intelligent Black Women's Coalition to help women make a positive change in their lives. Something that I always think about when you were held up as like this superhero, right? Really? Yeah, like I think the female powerful icon that there was no dirt because also I feel like maybe and I, I want to ask myself you, out of it. Yeah, was there pressure for you not to be human, right? No, no, no. You know what? I think it was pressure for me to be a woman. That was the pressure. To always define everything as you being a woman and not being just an MC. Is that what you mean? First of all, thank you. Yes. <laughs> that none of my dirt got out. <laughs> <laughs> it mattered to me. I mean, we grew up in a time where being respectful, wanted to be respected. 
All of that stuff mattered. First of all, I always thought I was going to run for Congress. Always. Always. I never got tattoos. If I do, I always hidden. Even if my kids need, if we needed help, I never would lie on the system. All they can do is go back and pull up some lyrics. And by that time, it's going to be too late for them to say, well, what did you mean about the lyrics you wrote? I always wanted to come back and, and do politics. You're talking about like even as a teenager. I always wanted to do politics. And so you were hyper aware of everything that has a lasting record. I want to make sure it's clean. <laughs> yes. That is some very mature, <laughs> focused foresight for a young person. Where, and that's where why does I that came out from? swinging. And once I met Congresswoman Waters, once I became yo-yo and my community started calling on me, it really took what I didn't know was power and made it power. I never knew how powerful I would be as an artist. I never knew what demographic I was talking to on the radio. I never knew who would listen to my music. I was just fresh out of high school when Cube met me. What high school? Washington Preparatory High School Prep. A lot of great artists came from there. Johnny J, who produced uh, some of Pac's music. Dub C, uh, Tunes, Candyman. Um, But we had a lot of artists come out of our high school. Did you know them at the time? I knew all of them. Sir Jinx, who produced Ice Cube. Yeah. Me and Jinx used to battle. He never beat me, not once. Dope. <laughs> None of them wanted to battle me, y'all. They harassed me at nutrition, and by lunch, I had a rap for them. Yo, this wow. is like the fame high school, <laughs> but the L.A. equivalent. Jinx hates when I say that, too, but he know he couldn't fade me. We had Star Search and all of those things. I swear, I beat them all. Was Cube going there? Cube didn't go. I met Cube uh, through one of his friends. T-Bone, who later became a member of the uh, lynch mob. Okay. And T-Bone and I, who's still great friends with to this day, told Cube about me. And Cube, he was leaving NWA and looking for a female artist. I had never met Cube before, never met NWA. I really started rapping, dissing them because they was always bitching women. And so a lot of my raps was defending women. And uh, (laughs) I loved King T and, you know... Richie Rich, I loved a lot of the Bay Area artists and Spice One and stuff like that. Yes, I started out just defending women in music and to hear that Ice Cube, I didn't know too much about them. All I knew was the music. And then I later learned after I found out that he wanted to have a meeting with me and speak with me, that he was the one that was writing the music. You know, I started learning the history of who he was Uh and I was like, oh, okay. Did you feel at the time that it was maybe like a setup because you were going at them and so them wanting to have a meeting with you I didn't know what to think yeah. my mother was like well, I hope you're not going to be calling you no bitch <laughs> <laughs> yeah listen we played their music so much I never thought in a million years that I would do music I mean I had done every talent show I had made a name for myself in high school. We were called the Deaf City Girls. Everybody, we had a hook that everyone would sing. We had like a little a little prep song that we would sing. As soon as we get on stage, the whole crowd would sing it. You didn't see it for you? Everybody from 11th grade to 12th grade were talking about what college they were going to go to. I was thinking about going to Grambling. I was going to a HBCU. I just wanted to be a journalist. I wanted to write. And I wanted to uh, do psychology because I'd worked in school doing psychology. And then at what point did everything pivot and you were like, well, this is actually my path? Listen, once I commit, I'm committed and I'm loyal to the end. And that's what it was. I committed. I said, yes, I was just loyal. I would show up. We would write. 
I didn't know anything about publishing, but I knew Q would come back with some ideas. I'd say, hey, listen, I want you to write everything, you know, <laughs> you know, so he would say, OK, well, write. Let me hear you write. You know, so we would sit. He would stand with his mom at the time and I would go over to his mom's house and I would sit on the floor. And one day he came back and he's like, I got it. Got it. And I was like, what is it? And he was like, my name is Yo-Yo. I'm not a whole no. And that's all I needed. I needed that because all the time we were writing, I was thinking like, I don't know what he wants me to say. I don't know which angle he wants me to come from, you know? So I never knew how to, but when he came with that, it gave me the direction. And from that moment, it was almost like an aha moment. Like, okay, I got it. Right. He's promoting me. He's not dissing me. He's respecting me and he's lifting me up and he's going to help me uplift myself and carry the weight. And from that moment, it became a real respect thing. We started really working together and creating. Now I knew the direction. Genius, because like you said, how they was giving it up about everybody. Yeah. Niggas, bitches, and NWA, niggas with an attitude. Giving it to the cops, giving it to everybody. Yeah. You would think there would never be a female artist around Ice Cube that can match his gangster. Because he was the hardest nigga in the game. Yeah. He's one of my favorites. I yeah. listen to everything. So when you came with, you can't play with my yo-yo, everybody was like, what? This is crazy. Yeah. Look, she's the hottest girl in the game. She's spitting. What was that like? The love came from everywhere. Everybody was talking yo-yo all over the world. You know, it felt amazing because we talked about what I wanted. You know, the IBWC, Cube and Pat Charbonnet, who was managing us both at the time, Help me create that because I said I wanted to do something with the women. So it was all about conversation. And what I love about Cube and loved about him then was he would sit, you know, we chop it up. You know, it's so funny when he goes, you know, you're my home girl. That's like a warm sentiment. And I know it comes from a great place of wanting to see me be great. And so it felt good to me. It felt good to really see it happen. I didn't really think it would happen. I mean, you know, I was just a young girl one out of five, <laughs> I was always an artist. I've always done everything, proficiency in English programs. I wrote poems. I was uh, in volleyball. You know, if you look at my yearbook, I took a picture with the girls' basketball team, even though I wasn't on it. I just snuck in the picture. It was just my MO, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Personality, yeah. I wonder when you were um, rolling with Ice Cube, how did you reconcile the things that you were feeling before about his music? versus how he treated you as a person. Those two things were kind of in opposition with each other. So, you know, in some ways, it's like he's also doing something that is helpful for him because a lot of women were coming down on him. Yeah. A lot of different forces. Yeah. And he's able to say, but I empower someone. Yeah. Look at her. Yeah, I knew yeah. the bitches he was talking about. I wasn't one of them. And once I got to know him, mm -hmm. To know the power of music, I didn't know that then. Music to me was in a room. Music to me was in a car. Music to me was in a club. Music to me was in an arena. Music to me wasn't international. Mm -hmm. It wasn't worldwide in my brain. So I'd never had the concept. And once I learned the concept of how powerful music was, when I realized that the children were listening and that we were really role models after I got out of myself, and got into the community, that's when it changed me forever. What do you think about today's hip-hop 
the younger women who was very sexual. And when you were doing what you was doing when you came out, you was about a whole different message. Yeah. And that, I think, is what we loved about you because you could have easily came out with gangster stuff, but you came out with a message that was strong and that was powerful. And you have the Intelligent Black Woman's Coalition. Yeah. And it's something I would love to see now. I think that it would get to that point today. Yeah, I don't mind the pussy popping and the pussy talk. (laughs) It's just, it's too much when I'm at a club and all they want to do is talk about the pussy. And I'm like, listen, you know, I want to hear something else. And it's okay. And sometimes I have to tell young artists who think that that's all they can come with. And I remember it was a time when they thought gangster rap was all they needed to come with. Or the glitz and the glams of hip hop was all that they need to come with. So now it's just a transition. And I think that this year and this time right now where we are today, I think the industry is doing a great job at trying to blend and give a lot of uh, stature to a lot of women you know, bring more women to the table so that the conversation can be different and that we don't have to judge. I always used to say when they would ask me about female artists, I say, listen, it's not enough of us to talk about them. They looking up to us. They need us to say something positive, not to really tear them down. So I never wanted to always say something, but then at the same time, something needs to be said. Like who's going to be the one with the balls to say, okay, enough of the pussy talk. I've heard Mm -hmm. enough. Show it to me. No, I'm just joking. Um, (laughs) But I think true freedom is when you can exist in all different planes, right? Like Because you probably had the pressure of once you start IBWC, that's what you have to stick with and you always have to be positive. Because everybody has to be a full spectrum Uh, person. Like, I want to be ignorant when I want to be ignorant. I want to be this when I want, you know? Yeah, Yeah, Did you feel like you had that freedom too? Or did you have to assert that freedom to just be like, I'm Kilolo. <laughs> right. Well, that's what I said. That's why I love Cardi B, one of my faves, because she's showing her personality. You know, she wanted to talk about politics because she wanted to use her platform to talk about politics outside right. of her just being an artist and being expressive. Yeah. Um, but she goes out and talks to Bernie it, Sanders. Exactly. I agree. Yeah, you don't want to be boxed in. Nobody wants to put baby in the corner. So that's why I said it's a hard topic to talk about, yet somebody needs to say we need more creative women to use their platform. Mm-hmm. So when women say, well, what are you looking for? You know, they don't know what you're looking for if you always say, oh, we like exactly what we're hearing when that's going to play out in a minute and you're going to need to come with something else that's more original or more like yourself. But that's the good thing about elevation and education and putting yourself in positions that I never thought that I could be. Working with the community, it changed me. It gave me a chance to see who I really was because at first I was just yo-yo. But my relationship with God, my relationship with my community, my work habits gave my name a new meaning. I never thought I'd be balling at 50. Yeah, okay. I mean, through (laughs) hip-hop. I love to see it. (laughs) And you are an example for other women coming up. And back then, so it wasn't rivalry? Was it all camaraderie? Were you guys all, like, supporting each other? Who was around you at the time when you were on the come up? Of course, it was Queen. It was light. Salt and Pepper were out. Didn't really get a chance to rap with Salt and Pepper or really chill with them. They wanted to be in their own room. Remy came in towards the end. Moni Love. You know, Missy came out, Mm -hmm. which I loved. And then Kim and... I want to be down remix. Oh, yeah, that was down. the Brandy yep. remix. I was friends with Queen Latifah. I used to go and hang out with Tretch and them in Jersey, and it was all their clique. 
Independence Day, we'd all get together when I go to Jersey, we'd hang out with them. So yeah, I, I hung out with Queen a lot. But Light was the first female that really was confident enough to step outside. We are still to this day like ace coon booms, mm -hmm. like best friends. We just went to eat the other day, had a sleepover, you know, so we really are great friends. Missy as well. Missy, uh, you know, come over to the house. We used to come to the house, hang out with the kids and cook and party. And Was there not like the East Coast, West Coast thing that the men were going through? No, I never really had any beefs. I always just wanted more relationships. They was full of crap. They was full of themselves. A lot of them was full of themselves. They didn't want to really hang out. You say hi, you felt like you was kissing somebody's ass, wow. to be totally honest. You know, so it was almost like with my bubbly personality, I want to say hi. And in my mind, I'm thinking I should have said nothing, mm. you know, because it was almost like I had to portray a certain image. I mean, it, it just wasn't what it should have been with the women. And, you know, that's one of the sad things that we really don't talk about. I remember they say, oh, well, you guys should do music together. Everybody should get on the bill together. And they put us all on the bill and then we're in a room fighting who's going first, second, third. You know, it was too many egos. It was the sisterhood wasn't always sisterhood. Was this a specific show or tour that you're talking about? It was a show. And it was pretty much, I want to say, maybe 10 women, seven to 10 women on this show, and it was just a lot of beef, you know? And I was just thinking to myself, wow. And it was from people you wouldn't have expected it. The ones who want to say sisterhood and want to stand together was the ones who was catching the cockiest attitudes. And I was just like, oh, that's why it doesn't happen. Hmm. But, you know, I was like, I'm from the West Coast. I'm the black sheep. I'm, I was happy to be in the room. <laughs> Give me my money, honey. Promoters always run out of hip-hop money. Give me mine first. <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> Everybody loved JoJo. <laughs> yeah, so I never had any beef, but I understood why it's so hard. But now it's a little different. I, you know, I've worked with Remy, who I love so much. Not too many of the younger artists. I've worked with Kim, love Kim. I never worked with Foxy, but Foxy and I are great friends. Back in the day, like, did anybody ever try to play with you, JoJo? Like, did they try to get at you? <laughs> did like, they? did anybody ever violate and you had to check them like I just am imagining a young yo-yo just walking through and guys just like, falling like over Jojo themselves. from Joe to see pulled up <laughs> on you with the drop top bends is like yo-yo let me get your number no you know what or Tupac a Pac yeah you know I dated Pac so you know that yeah I dated Pac but mm -hmm. no Legendary. nobody tried to play me out Cube, you know, kind of kept it simple. Got I it. mean, I've had my relationships over the years, but nothing crazy. But even just on a business tip, like somebody trying to play you and like no, dismiss never. your power. Never. Growing up watching you guys, it was like real leaders. Yeah. You were working on your album, You Better Ask Somebody. Yeah. And you got the Bonnie and Clyde theme. Yes. This is like, what year was that? 93 or 94. 93 or 94. Yeah could come out with the Bonnie and Clyde theme. Mm -hmm. Classic. Yes, Without question, I mean, you play that in any club in L.A., and I'm telling you, everybody and their mama is going crazy and singing it. Yo, and then you toured with Eric B. and Rakim, who are probably my favorite duo in rap music. Don't Sweat the Technique Tour. What was that like? That was crazy. It was to get a call from Eric to say to expect a call from Carol Lewis. And for the most part, I kept saying I was done with music. 
I divorced hip hop. I felt like men weren't letting us in the game. Women just couldn't get a break. I felt like we wasn't getting the respect we deserved. We had reached our plateau. I was just like, okay, I'll be a community activist. I'll do my yo-yo school of hip hop. I'll keep working with the kids. I'll do radio. You know, the hell with hip hop, you know? It just felt like I had to kiss ass to keep getting in. Damn. However, to get that call was like, oh, okay. Well, who's all on this tour? And they said, it's just going to be Eric B. and Rakim featuring Yo-Yo. I said, get out of town. 36 dates, all House of Blues and Foundation Rooms, turned into almost 48 dates. It was lovely. I mean, I, I had four people on the road, and I was sitting in every office collecting my dough. Turned my life right side up. Did you tour with Cube? Yeah, I toured with Cube. I love Cube. But having to it with Cube in a long time, I've been calling him, asking him, hmm. pick up. No, just, <laughs> I've toured with Cube. We just got distant and hmm. it just never was the same. Um, once he left dealing with Sylvia Rohn and I continued to work with Sylvia Rohn. I, I don't know if it was a cold break Interesting. or, but we just never got back together the way we always was. And I was just like, fuck it. I got to pick up the pieces and keep going. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. You mentioned that you had a lot of pressure just to be a woman all the time, right? Yeah. But to me, it always seemed like a lot of parts of being a woman had to be hidden, right? You never saw women back in the day who were big superstars being pregnant. Mm-hmm. It was like they would go away mm-hmm. and then they would come back. Right. And there was no mention right. that they had a baby right. because that was like too taboo. much. Yeah. Oh, it was taboo. The insurance wouldn't pay for it. I got pregnant when I got the lead role for Panthers and got a call from the company saying that they'd have to take the role from me. I was thinking, I shouldn't have told him. I shouldn't have told him. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a big thing. I was afraid to tell Ice Cube. And I tell that to a lot of people. I think because this industry is what it is, I understand it. You don't want to invest all of your money and not have someone commit to it. Mm 
Yeah. Because you have to go on the road. We're going to need you to promote this album. We're going to invest in you. So I get it. But really not having the concept. Coming up early like we did. Nas, you've been in it before yeah. in my days. No, somebody else said that. <laughs> I wasn't no yo-yo. Wow. Then. I was putting your pictures on my wall. Wow. <laughs> so I was just wow. getting in. I had a verse on the main source. Yeah. Yeah, live at the barbecue at a verse. But around the same time is when I started to kind of get in the game. So yeah. we kind of like are in that yeah. same time frame. Yeah. 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 So I get it. It was hard for women. I mean, and it's still hard for women, but women like Cardi, who are not afraid of Remy, you know, I think it's necessary for the industry to see so many powerful women really making it a thing. I mean, I'm yeah. watching them take control of the social media and really promoting relationship, promoting yep. black love. I love to see that because yeah. dudes didn't want to say they were in a relationship in our hip hop days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. know, <laughs> you had to hide your yeah. relationship, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Women had to hide yeah. their pregnancies and men had to hide the relationship. You mentioned that at one point you felt you were done with hip-hop or you were divorced from hip-hop. Yeah. What was something that instigated that feeling? I was was sick of trying to find the money. I was sick of trying to figure out what went wrong. You know, the royalty, the whole paperwork situation, just the deals I was making. I was just sick of searching for it. I was just like, the hell with it. Was you on Lynch Mob Records? I was signed with Sylvia Ron through Ice Cube. You know, a lot of people were handling my business and not just Ice Cube. So, you know, Ice Cube production. There's a lot of deals. These companies sometimes can get a little tricky. And there's a time where you just want to search. Where is the money? Mm -hmm. You know, and it makes you angry. It makes you really frustrated. And then to start over, you have to leave all of that behind and start over. And what you don't realize as a young artist is that all of those relationships are not your relationships. So you have to find courage to step outside of yourself and become not the representative, but yourself. And it was the best thing that I could have ever done. Yeah. Salute to that. Time and time again, though, we keep hearing that the old paperwork that you finally, at a certain place, look back on and you're like, I didn't, did I? What did I do? And not even the the deals you sign. You have to be okay with the deals you sign. It's just the trickery. Companies are protecting themselves. Right. Artists come and go to them. That's how they yeah. feel. It's crazy. Once you're in it, you have to get to that past. I think the mature part is to realize that I had to be okay with what I had did in the past. Mm-hmm. The paperwork yeah. I did sign, the relationships I did create, right. the misjudgment of my finances or whatever it was, I had to be okay with that. And Accept that, it and let it go. And let it go so that you can move forward because right. some people are still there complaining. Yeah. Some people still looking for it. You know, what's that book? Who moved my cheese? (laughs) (laughs) You know, the cheese is gone, baby. (laughs) I don't know how many artists get in the business and don't have this story. Yeah, I know. I think we all have that story about what Yo-Yo's talking about. Yeah. It's rough. And to deal with that on a mental level is like, yo, I trusted you. You would let this happen to me or... I thought you was my dog, my lawyer. You're my lawyer. Yeah. You know, these guys have relationships that were longer. Yes. With the company. Company. Yes. Oh, so I see. It's business, not personal. Right. And if you don't know, then you can't protect yourself. And how many of us know? None of us know anything. Right. And we're out here making groundbreaking records. When you stepped on the scene, you motivated men and women. 
of all ethnicities to step out, be something, say something in a male-dominated genre. That made all our minds open up to even looking at women differently when you think about rap music. Here's the strong sister, not playing no games, and she's dope. So I'm happy that I was around to see that and buy it and watch your videos and stuff like that and be here sitting with you because you, in the era that you started, was so important for me in my beginnings. I was buying your records and looking at the record company reading the liner notes and reading whatever's yeah. on the backs and saying, okay, maybe I could go get a deal over here. Because I was just on somebody's record. I was on Lawrence Professor record. Shout out to him. Yeah. Just <laughs> doing 16 bars. So, you know, but he had a record company. He was signed to Wild Pitch. And mm-hmm. That's a whole nightmare in itself. Wow. If you listen to what he has to say about it. But yo, yo. You learn. Yeah. You learn about it and you get it. I mean, that's the beauty of it, because one thing I learned about music is people don't talk about it a lot. One thing I love about this young generation, you hear them straight off the top, straight off the Richter. They talking about it. They are addressing the situations. And here we are 30 years down the line, finally able to let out a little peep of what we weren't satisfied with or what really went on. Or sometimes we just swallow it whole and we never let it out. Like me, I don't care to talk about any bad dealings, but I do want to tell people that you do have to, as soon as you know something, say something, you know, and be careful about the business. I knew nothing really about it when I got in it. The great thing was, like you said, I was myself. So I would ask questions. I would show up. You know, I remember one time my lawyer went and got a check from the company without my permission. And I went over there and gangsted that check right back. I hear that. I mean, he was going to just keep it? I'm just saying that's the kind of trickery that was going on (laughs) behind our backs. The fact that they would pay him. Yeah. Yeah. That was just some things that was going on. So... Yeah, got out of that. Now I'm independent. Now I see my money. I'm dealing with Foundation Media. Shout out to them. They're distributing my music. Mm -hmm. I see my checks. New day. (laughs) It's a new day. (laughs) You and Boys in the Hood, classic. More acting? Yes. I just did a Disney pilot Saturdays. MC Light and I are working on a project together. And uh, she's legendary. Yes. Yeah. So I'm on Cafe Mocha Radio. We just won our third Gracie Award with Emmy Award winning Lonnie Love and our wonderful producer, Angelique Perrin. So, yeah, we're Congrats. on Sirius XM 141 and we're in like 42 markets. I'm yeah. tapping in. Working on new music. I'm working with Rockwaller and uh, Eric Bellinger on a song. And Dope. So putting some new music out there, still doing the Yo-Yo School of Hip Hop and Black College Expo, getting kids in college for the HBCUs. Your life journey, your career is admirable. It's like you keep one foot in it just enough. Yeah. And you keep one foot with the community and the people. So I can have a seat at the table. I've realized that I got to keep my brand alive. I worked with some people you work with, Sasha Jenkins. And uh, Sasha has invited me into a lot of his documentaries because of my Black Power movement. (laughs) Yeah, Sasha gets his Black Power on. Hey, you know, (laughs) he gets it on. That's good. (laughs) So, yeah. And he respects the history. Yeah. When I thought I wasn't going to do it anymore, you know, and that's my relationship with God. I just used to think like, how? How can I do more? I want more, but how can I do more? God said, well, give more. 
Mm-hmm. Be more. Show up more. And so it just helped me transition because I never thought that I would be doing hip-hop 32 years, to be totally honest. I thought I'd be an executive by now, but working in a box is not my thing. I, I'm a field worker. Mm-hmm. I need to be out there touching people. People need my hugs. They need to look me in my eye. I can't be behind the phone all the time. I have to show up. And so it's been working for me. Is IBWC... Is there like a place that it's held? Are there meetings? Is there a membership? When we started the IBWC, it was all over. I mean, we had a bunch of people involved in it all over the world. And now we have it in Los Angeles. 2016, we started it back up. We have a group of women. It's about 70 of us here in Los Angeles. We are all mentors. We mentor young girls. We have day programs. We do excursions. Kelly Price, Little Mama, Lady of Rage has the Rage organization. She talked about cutting herself and Uh talked to young women. So, yeah, we bring the artists in. We spend time with them. We mentor them. We go to their graduations. We help them out. You know, and yeah, we big sister them. Yeah. Still. A lot of times in in hip hop, you would hear about crews, labels, organizations. And they're really just like something that you kind of just say in the name, right? Yeah. It wasn't like a real physical thing. Yeah. So it's incredible to hear the, the that it's a real thing. The community actually helped me keep it together. Women would call me and say, hey, the system has taken my baby. Young boys would say, hey, listen, um, yo-yo, help me get out of prison. I'm in for this. Or So it goes back to me wanting to be a politician yeah. because what makes a politician? You hear the cries of your community and you go fight for them. You know, so that's what I started doing. And the more I started doing... It just became Yo-Yo for Congress. Well, what's up with that? Listen, they got a seat up. I'm not from Inglewood. The work I'm doing, I am a politician. I do fight for my community. And that's the only reason why I can still win in Los Angeles, eat in Los Angeles, survive here. I am a leader in California. You know, hip-hop has given me a platform to do great things. And I think I'm doing great things, not just for me, not just for my kids or my mama. You know, mm-hmm. I'm doing it for those who, who also need some help. Hats off to you. We appreciate you, man. I need some gossip. I'm always thinking, you know, it's nah. like me doing Love & Hip Hop. I'm on Love & Hip Hop Hollywood, and I'm also on Love & Hip Hop Family Reunion. Do they make you fight people? So listen, so I'm thinking the whole time I'm going to be on this show, and I always wanted to know, like, how was I going to be introduced to this new generation? You know, I need television. I need to get in it. So when the deal came up for me to do Love & Hip Hop Hollywood, I'm like, oh, okay, I'll do it. But the whole time, I'm telling you, I said yes. I'm thinking, oh, God, what, what if they pour something in my face? Or what yes. Yeah. I was practicing my lines the whole time. Like, what if they do this? What if they do that? You... Nothing. All love, all respect. Is this on the air now? Yes, it's on. It's on a VH1. Wait, so they blend all of the different cities? So you're with, like, Joel Santana and, and his wife. And his and wife and... Uh, Stevie J from Atlanta. Yep, and, oh, my God. That sounds like drama. Oh, it's... Oh, goodness. It's, it's, it's going to be explosive. Listen, and I'm just sitting there watching it. I'm like, I'm getting the front, I'm getting the front view. Oh, yeah, because definitely somebody's weave is getting pulled out. No, it, the family reunion was a lot different. It was a different vibe because of the COVID stuff. Oh, okay. But yeah, it's still good to watch. Pre-COVID, wigs being pulled out. Right. Post-COVID, threats from across the room. <laughs> right. We we'll, need Nas. We'll be watching. No. <laughs> oh my God. Yo, Nas, if you ever I'll be the do most a, boring person. Love and hip hop. They'd be like, well, this guy gotta go. He doesn't talk. <laughs> he doesn't talk. <laughs> That's Jules. He gotta go. That's Jules. Jules don't do nothing. He don't wanna be there. He just wants really? he won't let Kim Bella do it. 
But that's us. I mean, we was just chilling. That's what it is, though. But it's good. It's good for me just for the introduction. And you don't look at that show like, man, this is... I thought about that. And the crazy thing is sometimes when they introduce me to this new generation, they say, yo, yo, from Love and Hip Hop. And that's some of the reasons why some of the kids only know me from. But for me, I work with the youth. I have to show up in places where other people would normally go sometimes. So that was looking at it from that aspect. And it's working for me, you know? Oh, yeah, because they need to be able to recognize you. If this is their entry into your world. It's like LL Cool J on his show. From that, they don't yeah. realize the iconic music career until they dig back in. It's cool to do different things, and then they bring it back in later. Like Different oh, that's... entry points for yeah, different people. Yeah, different yeah I couldn't do it forever. Because you wouldn't be rapping do doing albums forever yeah. either. You, right. You're not going to do one thing forever. Right. But that's a great question, you know? I know, like you just said to Nas, like, you better not, you know? And there's people who probably think I shouldn't have, but, you know... Nas will sell that show out. What are you kidding no, me? No, I think <laughs> unless you're ready for I'm the not drama. Ready to expose no, my yeah. life. but the Bring drama wouldn't come with that. Life, like, yeah. on my couch. Yeah, I'm so private in my way. I I can't have. Yeah, you could never too much do. company. I don't think you could handle time. it. Nah, look, I'm just getting used to podcasts. <laughs> I'm exactly. not ready for that. Exactly. Yeah. Baby steps. Right, Yo-yo. Right, right, Baby right. steps. But everything you do, we we tapping in. Well, thank you. I appreciate the we support. appreciate Yeah, you. and I always love you. Big fan of yours. Likewise. Love all the things you're doing. Love your master class. Love the man that you are, the bebop to hip-hop, the jazz, the behind-the-scenes to the businessman. I love seeing it. Very motivating. You're from our hip-hop era, so I'm always in support of you and everything that you do. That's and awesome. same with you. Love watching you, oh, your you. husband and your son thank um, you. through social media. And thank God for social media. So yeah, loving hip hop is yeah. like social media. It is. Yeah. And I get a chance to watch you and yeah. watch your son grow and oh, all of the so wonderful much. things you guys do. Yeah. Like you said, hip hop just keeps pulling us back in. Yeah. It's the glue. It's the glue for everything. Yeah. So. Well, it is like amazing to catch up from then <laughs> all the way until now and just to hear all of the span of the things that you've been done and yeah. are doing. It's just really inspiring. Well, thank you. Thank oh, you thank so you. much, Yo-Yo. On the next episode of The Bridge, 50 Years of Hip Hop, we talk to Sin Dog and Be Real of Cypress Hill. At the time, Muggs, ice cold as he is, he was like, you got to do something about your voice, because if not, you're just going to write raps for Send Dog. I'm like, oh, shit. Wow. <laughs> and so immediately, <laughs> Ram LZ came to mind. I'm pitching my voice up. Then we got on to Killer Man, and that was like the second song that put the stamp on me using this voice for the rest. From Spotify, the executive producers are Gina Delvac and Jason Rodriguez, with additional production support from Leslie Guam and Andrea Salenzi. And special thanks to Courtney Holt, Jessica Dow, and everyone at Spotify who helped the bridge come to life. From Mass Appeal, the executive producers are myself, Nas, Peter Bittenbender, Jenya Meggs. Lead producer is Medina Pawana. And associate producer is Serge Jabrija. Our writer is Gabe Alvarez. Samara Langer and Cliff Cristofaro are our editors. Thanks for listening. 
This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.